Thank you so much for joining us today at our Savior's Church, where we are one church meeting in five different locations. And our goal is to help you on your spiritual journey to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference in the lives around you. If you'd like to learn more about our Savior's Church or how to get involved, visit us online at OurSavior'sChurch.com. Today I want to talk about a very important word. And it's the word team. Everybody say team. Now, we understand that term in terms of sports and and different things, but I want you to see you are a part of a team. Whether or not you've connected yourself to the team or not, you're a part of a team. The family of God is a team. And you're gonna hear me say a number of things very often in this church. You're gonna hear me say things like, show me your five closest friends and I'll show you your future. It's a very true statement. I said many, many times that I, and I stole it from my pastor who I've heard say for many, many years and it hasn't stopped being true ever since the first moment that he said it. Another one you'll hear me say often is that we're not supposed to be codependent. We're not supposed to be independent. God has called us as the body of Christ to be interdependent. What that means is, it's not just I'm pulling on people or I'm shunning people away because I don't need anyone. When you're a part of a family or part of a team, you contribute and you get, that's reciprocated. You receive and you give. That's part of being a family. And then lastly, what I really want to focus on today is this. Christianity, unlike what many of you may have grown up being taught about the body of Christ, about the church, Christianity is a team sport. It's a team sport. There's no such thing as it's just me and God. Or it's me and God, I don't need anybody else. That's just not the way that God created it. That's not the way God made it. God made us to need one another. God made us to receive from one another. God made us to give to one another. That's called the body of Christ. And every part of a body contributes to the whole of the body. So we're going to take some time today and we're going to focus on that. You're going to get to hear from some very, very special people. But first, I want to read this scripture to you. This is what the word of God says in Ecclesiastes chapter four. It says this, verse nine, two people are better off than one for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Let me pause there for a moment. You want to know the people that fall the most? The people who fall alone. Those are the people who fall the most. Likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm. But how can one be warm alone? A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated. But two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better. For a triple braided cord is not easily broken. Christianity is a team sport, and we need one another. So today you're going to get to hear from some incredible, amazing people who have accomplished incredible things in the sports world. But before I do that, I I wanted to take this moment to honor, speaking of two being better than one, a very special couple of young men who were just incredible athletes this year at Lorville High School. They've attended the Broussard campus since they were young men. I remember playing football with them in the back once and they were about this tall. They're not this tall anymore. 
And so they, they recently, just this past week, signed with, or can you say signed? Is that right in college? Can you say that? They signed with UL. And so I'd like to welcome to the stage. We're going to pray for Colin and, and Caleb Jacobs and their, their mom. Y'all come on up. Come on, we can give it up for them. Come on. Come on, Shanero. Come on up, guys. All right, y'all go stand right there center stage, and I'm going to help your mom up, because she's the real reason that y'all are. <laughs> Come on, let's give it up for mama. Damar, come on up here with me. Congratulations. Congrats. So, Damar, come stand over here. I want us as a church to surround them and pray for them as they launch this new journey of their life. They signed with our own home team. And so, I know we're, we're big LSU fans, but we're also big Cajun fans. Come on, everybody. <laughs> So if you will, stretch your hands towards them and let's pray for them. Father, I thank you for this incredible family. Lord, I thank you for the plan that you have for this family. Lord, I can remember on this stage calling out one of them and prophesying and speaking your word over their lives. God, that word did not, will not fail. And God, I pray over both of their lives, unique destiny, unique calling. I pray they would be a light for you, Father, at UL. I pray, God, that every accolade and every success that you give them, they would give you the credit and the glory. And as they honor you, you would honor them. Make them men of honor. I pray you would bless their futures, their destiny, their families one day. God, put your goal in front of them in their hearts. We're grateful for their success that's past. We're grateful for their success to come. But Lord, we're grateful that you are the Lord of their lives. In Jesus' name, and everyone said. Amen. Love you guys. Love you, Shanero. Well, we also have another honor today. That honor is uh, something that just happened this past year. It was very, very special. For the very first time in the history of Westgate High School, they won the state championship. Now, as incredible as that is, even more incredible, the coach that led that team to victory is a man of God and a member of our Savior's Church, Bruce R. Campus, Coach Antoine. Now, in a minute, I'm going to have the privilege to interview Coach Antoine, and I'm going to ask him some questions and just share what this journey has been like for him and for his family and for the team. But before I do that, I want you to turn your attention to the screen, take a look at this news, this press clip, and then we'll be right back. And I'll invite Coach Antoine up. 
been watching these kids grow up. Uh, we have a new Iberia program that plays at Westgate, a youth program, and so watching these kids grow up, you knew they had something a little different. But you know, it's just, it's just buying into the culture, saying that we're gonna give 100% effort in everything that we do. It's a culture that has been building for 10 years since Antoine was hired in 2012. Some highs, some lows, but in the end, every mountaintop and valley paved the way to a historic night at the Superdome in 2021. Six years ago, guys, we were 0-10. You know, we couldn't win a game for nothing. They had to turn this whole culture around and just hats off to these guys for just coming in there and just believing in what we're trying to do. And we just feel like when you build a culture and you base it off of love, you know, anything can happen. Love never fails. The community of New Iberia packed the stands Friday night to show love to the Tigers. But two of the most important fans couldn't be there. Antoine's mom and dad. His mom had bleeding in her brain, having to be rushed to ICU on Wednesday just two days before the state final. She comes to every single one of my games, um, and my brother and I, and um, you know, she's never missed a game in, in when I was in Pee Wee, when I was in high school, when I was in college, uh, and my dad as well. After the goal line stand to secure the win, Antoine immediately thought of his mom. Though his parents weren't there in person, they were there in spirit, inspiring the entire Westgate team. And for them not to be to this game tonight, you know, was really touching and really kind of, you know, kind of had me off kilter for a little while. But for them to make that stop, it let me know that's what it's all about. That was for her and those kids played for them. The Tigers offensive line coach Edwin Pierre Sr. was also in the hospital on Friday morning. He was released just in time to get to the Dome and witness his son starting center Edwin Pierre Jr. win a championship. And he said, Coach, I would never miss my son's last game and I'm going to win the state championship. So all those things were coming about and you know, just letting us know, man, it was faith. Through adversity on the field and adversity off the field, the bond within the team has remained. We've been through a lot with these kids, uh, you know, from them being suspended, you know, for whatever reasons, grades, you know, just guys just going through a lot of emotional issues. I mean, our, our kids come from a tough area. Knowing that those kids will be going on, you know, but they'll be going on as champions now. So you got to put something in front of their name now. You got to put champion in front of them, and they deserve that. Come on, church, stand to your feet, and let's welcome up Coach Ryan Antoine. Have a seat. Coach? Wow. <laughs> How long have you been coming to the Broussard campus? Uh, it actually started probably about six, seven years ago when you had a, matter of fact, a football um, Sunday. Uh, and you invited all the high school coaches to come about and, you know, just felt something special here and been a member ever since. Come on. Come on. So good. Now, how long have you been coaching at Westgate? Uh, started as a uh, off defensive coordinator in about 2005. That was my first year. Came back home. Uh, mama was diagnosed with cancer, and a uh, brother had blood clots as well. So I was coaching college ball in Central Arkansas. I just finished college at Louisiana Tech, and needed to come back home. Uh, and so I came back and started coaching with, um, at Westgate High School as an assistant coach. Became a defensive coordinator next year. We had some pretty good runs and became a head coach in 2010 at West St. Mary High School in Baltimore, Louisiana. Uh, then the head coach from Westgate had left in 2012. So in 2013 season, I became the head coach there. So since 2013, I've been the head coach. What's the, what's the journey been like from where you started to now? Uh, 
testing, basically. Uh, <laughs> uh, our, our, kids are, our kids are different. Uh, you know, a lot of kids on the team, you know, come from single-parent homes. Um, like on the team right now that we just had 97 kids on the team, seven kids have a dad in the house. Uh, I feel like wow. a lot of times it's, it's, a dad, it's dad issues, you know, a lot of times. I mean, even when, you know, Eve made her mistake, God didn't call her. He called Adam. It's a dad. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm going to check you out first. That's right. You know, so, and that's a lot of times. So we had to deal with some issues in-house a lot of times when we were over there. And I didn't need coaches. I needed fathers. Mm. And I needed guys that could come in and, and be family men. Um, so, you know, in 2016, we were 0-10. I mean, we were going through it, and we couldn't win. Matter of fact, the next year, we, we were 0-3. And honestly, I just had to get out of the way. You know, I was trying to do it on my own. I was trying to, you know, just trying to make every, the right calls and to try to do it, everything. And God was always telling me, to, like, just move. Let me do my job. Come on. And things just started happening the right way. Things started lining out. We, we got some special people, you know, about the kid named Keishon Booty. Uh, he, he came to the school, too. Uh, you know, but, I mean, it, just, it was just special. And we just did it the right way. And you just, like you say, you talk about team. You got to surround yourself with the right people. Yeah. And you got to surround yourself with the right people that's going to talk life into you. And, you know, when you're going through it and you're going through strong times or you're going through tough times, you got to have the right people around you that's going to hold you accountable but also go just keep you in, in the right mind frame. And I feel that's what we have around there. And that's what we definitely try to keep, uh, teach our kids. That's so good. That's so good. What, well, let me just make sure everybody heard that right. In 2016, you were 0 and 10. 0 and 10, yes. They won a game. Not even close. <laughs> <laughs> so from 0 and 10 to beating Warren Easton in the state championship, that's incredible. Yeah. Uh, if you ask me for what happened, I can't tell you. I mean, <laughs> but I, it's kids believing and it's coaches believing and it's walking, walking that walk and just believing in each other and just going through it. Uh, just going throughout the whole season this year, we had some tough times, we had some tests, but, you know, having, you know, a strong wife, I can tell you that, that can go around there and take care of home and do those things because by the time we get home, you know, Come she's on. the real MVP. She's, she's in the crowd somewhere. Carolina, my wife, she's in the crowd somewhere. There uh, she is. Come yeah. on. Let's... You know, but, you know. Once back my... up a little bit so they can yeah. see you. She, she wants to see you. Not me. Oh, not, not really. <laughs> uh, you know, but like my mom, my dad are here. You know, my, uh, my brother's here. You know, so it's, it's, all, it's about family. You know, um. So, it's, and it's about just guys believing in, in what, you, what you believe in and just having God at the center. We always tell our kids all the time, it's, it's priorities. It's God, family, school, sports, and then everything else. But yeah. that order got to be right. And, then, right. and anytime you get out the order, you have issues, and we all do it. I'm be honest, which I'm, I'm, I'm be honest, I'm, I get out the order, you know. But going through, we go, went through this year and seeing, you know, the test that we had to go through and playing the games we had to play and you know even in the playoffs we're up 28-7 against Northwood team in Shreveport and before you know it it's you know we're down they're, they're down two points with a chance to tie it at the end and nobody nobody dropped nobody you know nobody uh, you know went down or anything else and we played and then I don't know if you guys know that much about Edna Carr but they went to the state championship the last seven years uh, we had to go to their place they hadn't lost a game at their place since 2011 wow um and to go in there and, you know, and, and win the game that we won at, at, at in the car to get to the state championship game. 
and just the way it happened, and it happened with kids that, to be honest with you, nobody nobody would think could play football or people people uh, you know would push down. You know, coming from a high school back in the day at New Abbey High School, sometimes you know we felt like you know kids didn't get those opportunities, and all a kid wanted is a chance. Yeah. You know, and and that's feel like even as as Christians, all we want is just give them give me an opportunity, give me a chance, but you never know when it is. So you just got to have that faith to just keep going and keep working and keep having those, you know, and be ready for it whenever it happens. So good. And, know, and that's what happened in, know, in these situations. Uh, playing Warren Easton in that championship game, uh, it's 14-13. They got the ball on the one-yard line. It's first and goal. They got the ball on the one-yard line to score and win it. And I'm, I think my defensive coordinator is here, Tyron Walk. He's somewhere around here because he comes to everything as well. Once again, all about team, all about family. They support things, and we always make sure we support each other. But he's saying, okay, do we let them score? And we look at our team, and they're like, Coach, we got this. You know, and on the one-yard line, but our kids live on the one-yard line where we're from. You know, when they, wow. they grow up that way. Wow. You know, when it's life or death, and it's a lot of tough situations for them, so they don't, they don't falter. You know, and so first stop, stop on first down, stop on second down. You know, big stop on third down. And the fourth down play is a play that we practice all year. You know, and all, we practice that whole week, I'm sorry. And when those kids lined up in that formation, we looked at each other and said, we got this. And then when those kids made that stop, it was just it was amazing. And it just to be able to come back and do that. But like I said, like you heard in the story, um, my mom had bleed on the brain after rushing to uh, the hospital on that Tuesday. And once again, talk about team again. My dad told me, don't you come see your mama. Don't worry about it. I got her. You know, and your, your job is to, when I, when, I, when, you, when, you, when I see you again, have the state championship in your hand. That's so good. You know? That's so good. So that was, that was the special part, you know. So when we got back to New Iberia with, with the trophy and my mom got out that car and my dad and whatever, that, that's what it was all about. And it's about, it's about team, it's about belief, it's about faith, and those are the things that we were able to do. So that was the special part about that year. So good, Coach. So good. Just a few more questions for you, Coach. Um, I've known you for years now. Yes, and I, We've done, he invited me to come to this camp um, years ago to speak to their players. We, one of the members of our church has been a chaplain at Westgate for well over 10 years. And as a matter of fact, our bass player, Jared Robichaud, used to be on your staff. You're right? Right. He's one yes. of your coaches. Yeah, he's still there. So why did you fire him? He just wasn't very good, was he? <laughs> uh, no, unfortunately, I'm yeah, just, yeah, he's, he's special. He's special. <laughs> he's covering up right now. No, but seriously, so in that, in that moment, Coach, when you did it, the, the clock hits zero, that last-minute play, you guys win it. When did it hit you? Okay, this is a big deal. This is school history. This, is, this team will never be forgotten. When did that moment hit you? I don't know if it still has hit me yet. To be honest, I mean, like, when, I, when, I win it, when we won the game, I dropped to my knees and... You know, that, that's all it was. God did that to me. Like, he, it's about being humble, you know, and it's about understanding who gets the true glory for it. I mean, you, you stop somebody that's on the one-yard line, that team's been, you know, winning the whole, you know, has been to that state championship game the last three or the four years. I can't tell you how we made that stop. I mean, our coaches, we still don't know that. Them kids, they did that. It's about, yeah. it's about team, you know, and so when looking at the situations and knowing that, you know, what we're going through, it just – believing in each other and just knowing that, you know, it's actually the first one in the parish. You know, we, um, 
the private schools of Cali High has won it, but the, this is the first state championship in Iberia Parish history for a public school. So that was special, you know, whatever. And I mean, it's that's something that these kids dream about. But I think the, the tough part for it was we never get to play with that, that, that group of kids again. You know, that group has to move on and go do some different things. So we've been, you know, busting our tails, trying to get those kids opportunities to go play ball at the next level or just trying to get them out of New Iberia. You know, you people that know about New Iberia, it's not the best. You know, and so we just try to get those kids something to compare New Iberia to. So that's the that's what we've been trying to do. I mean, y'all saw the video with the Danny Lewis kid with Brian Kelly dancing behind him and doing all that type of stuff, but uh, that didn't work. Uh, <laughs> you know, it, but it was a better opportunity for him. And we just once again, these kids have a be out be allowed to dream. That's all I, we try to tell our kids all the time. If you can dream and just be able to believe it, wake up and let it come true. That's so good, so good. Well, yes, come on, we can give it up for that. So really, just, just two, two last questions, and then I'll be done. First question, um, when you're building that team and you're putting all of the, piece, the pieces together and in the right places, how, how did you do that, and how important was it? I know you've talked about the importance of the coaches being a team and everybody being a family, but from that mindset, how did you know, I need to add this piece, I need to add this piece, I need to do that? God, you can start with him first. Um, he's going to be your foundation. I mean, like I say, we do the FC, but we allow people like you to come in. We allow, you know, we do the game camp, you know, and we just pray over these kids. You know, I mean, you, you got to be very strategic in who you let in because the wrong people try, you know, make the wrong decisions sometimes, to be real. Um, but you just love them. You know, and you and you base everything off of love. It's not about X's and O's. It's not about going out there and trying to say, okay, I can make this call, whatever. It's, if them kids love you, kids will play for you out of respect, but they'll die for you out of love. And we tell our kids That's that all good. the time. You know, so we just love them. And, we, and as long as we feel like we do that and we tell them that over and over and over again and they tell each other that. So if I know this person out here, I could count on him and he loves me, I'm going to give him everything I got. I'll give her everything I got. And it's the same way as coaches and same way as a family. And just, we just believe in each other. That's all it is. Good. Well, last question, Coach. This was a historic moment for the community of New Iberia, for the school of Westgate. But how can we continue, number one, to pray for you? But how can we support you? What do you guys need? What do those players need? How can we surround you as spiritual family and help? Just love us. You know, I mean, money, that comes and goes, but love never fails. So, I mean, we, you know, we, yeah, we need state championship rings. Yeah, we need this and that. Yeah, our equipment's bad. You know, yeah, we just, you know, we make do with gallons of water and everything like that. Yeah, sometimes our kids don't eat. We have a refrigerator in our weight room, and we just put stuff in there. And I because we know sometimes those kids don't eat, and those kids struggle. They come from tough areas, and some of them do have a lot, and some of them don't have much. But we just feel we love them, and we just give them those opportunities and allow them just to dream that they can see so much more, but we base everything off God. So good. Come on, let's give it up for Coach Ryan Antoine. Love you. Let's stretch our hands. Let's pray for him real quick. Let's stretch our hands towards Coach. Father, we thank you for Coach Ryan Antoine. God, thank you for a member of your body of the body of Christ, Lord, and this man has showed your love to those players and to that community. God, we pray that you would continue to not only bless that school and their athletic program, that it would continue to excel. I pray, God, that this level of victory would become the norm there. But Lord, I also pray 
that you would continue to let the, the light of this man's heart shine in front of those players. God, meet every need that they have. God, whether it's those, those championship rings, God, that those kids in the school couldn't afford, I pray you would provide that. God, I pray you would provide, God, meals for those players. I pray you would provide all of those things so that those kids know not only does their coach love them, but you, Father, love them. And so we thank you for that. We bless Coach and his wife in Jesus' name. Amen. amen. Love you. Well, we're not done yet. We have another incredible couple that I'd like to introduce you to in a moment. And you're going to say, wait, I know them. But what you're not going to know is some of the incredible things that because they're humble people, at least most of the time, this, the man is humble most of the time, are going to, they don't often share about the successes and the things that God has allowed them to experience in their life. But I'm going to tell you just a few things about them. The gentleman I'm going to bring up, he was a standout cornerback at ULL, which was USL at the time. He played for the New York Giants and for the Carolina Panthers. He was a football coach at McNeese, and he's the principal now of Highland Baptist. His lovely wife, who normally is kind of quietly in the background doing her own, her own thing, she was the starting point guard for the Louisville, uh, Louisville Cardinals, the college team, the year that they beat UConn in women's basketball. That's a major deal. And not only that, she was the first assistant coach at McNeese, then assistant basketball coach at Ole Miss. Then she came back to McNeese and became the first black head coach of any sport at McNeese. She, and now is, is coaching the women's basketball team at Highland Baptist and will probably get to the state championship yet again. And so I want you to stand to your feet and let's honor Tim and Carol Sinsley as they make their way to the stage. Come on up. Y'all have a seat, and we'll start with you, Carol. So thank y'all for doing this. Some of you will know Tim and Carol normally sit right back there, and if you want to know how to distinguish Tim, he's normally the only man in this room with a bow tie on, um, but they've been just great members of our church and, and just great relationship that we have, and uh, they've been coming for how long now? Located here. 2016 from Lake Charles. Um, now, before we get into this, I'm, we're going to talk about you guys' success, but you, one of the greatest successes that this couple has as, as parents, they have two incredible daughters that are just incredible, not only incredible young women, but incredible athletes as well, and they're very intelligent. So y'all want to just take a minute and brag on your girls for a little bit. Um, now, we are so honored and blessed to be the parents of Cameron and Brianna Sinsley. And I want them to stand up. Stand up. Please stand up. <laughs> um, Cam
Cameron, our oldest, when we relocated here to New Iberia, when my husband became the principal at Highland Baptist, um, this move was one of the hardest things we've had to do because we're taking, uh, she was a junior at our high school where she had been at that school since pre-K four, all of her friends, everything. And I even fought the move, (laughs) but, um, and then Bree was a seventh, uh, was a sixth grader going to be a seventh grader. And, um, this was an opportunity for Tim to be a, a principal, something that he had, uh, been praying for and opportunities had been passed up. Uh, and this was an opportunity for an offer that he had received to move to New Iberia to become the, the principal there. And, um, basically we took our kids kicking and screaming and, and looking at us and saying, y'all are the devil for making us do this. Um, and I say all of that, but God called us on a move. I had been in my, my job for 10 years and, you know, our house was almost paid for 17 years. We'd been in the same house. Um, but when we moved, I say that to say that, uh, Cameron was also up to be the valedictorian at the school, 4.0 kid, all her, her whole career, um, moved to Highland Baptist Christian school. And she was still, they, they basically shared that if she made the grades, she would be accepted to still be receive that honor at Highland Baptist. Uh, the change was tough for her academically, but I saw her grow. She was one of the valedictorians at Highland Baptist Christian school. Um, Cameron since then has graduated from UL and uh, in three years, because she came with dual enrollment classes, being that smart kid, thank God. Um, <laughs> and I say that, uh, and now she just received an acceptance, uh, and has got accepted into LSU Shreveport Physical Therapy School. Come on, so, so good. Uh, and then um, Brie will be, Brianna will be graduating. Of course, Brie has been to the state tournament in volleyball and basketball and in track. Uh, all four years of her high school career, which is phenomenal for her. Um, All in doing that with a 3.5 GPA, um, dual enrollment classes, and she recently signed a volleyball scholarship to play at Dillard University in New Orleans. Come on, so good. That's so good. So uh, Tim invited me to come to um, Bree's basketball game just this past week, and so I came to the game and I'm sitting there watching it, and we had a great time. I leave, I go home, and then Tim texts me, oh, hey, by the way, she's also gonna be on the news tonight. So I cut on the news, I'm finding out she got her scholarship. She had scholarship offers in all three categories, but chose volleyball. And so that, and then the, the news did this whole big piece on Bree, and so I, I called them, I said, man of God, how can somebody, how can one family get this much favor on their life at one time? So. Let me ask you this question though. So what was it like competing at the level that you guys competed at? NFL and college and college basketball and head coaching. What was that experience like? Hard. (laughs) Um, Hard, um, but rewarding. You find out exactly who you are, first of all. You find out about that intestinal fortitude. you find out that when things get hard, you either quit or you find it in yourself to keep going. Um, you surround yourselves around positive people. Yeah. Um, you find a voice to communicate when things get tough. You find that trusting person to tell you that you can do it. 
You find your FCA, your Fellowship of Christian Athlete groups. Uh, you find that coach that's going to speak life into you, which is so necessary because life gets hard. Yeah. Things get tough. And I was 15 hours away from my family, from my parents. I was in Louisville, Kentucky. Um, and so my, my parents always raised us and said, if you can find a group that's thriving, find a group that's doing positive things, no matter how hard it gets, you're going to get through it. You're going to be good. able to get through it. And so, um, and so uh, but it was yet rewarding um, because you see all of the hard work, the 5 a.m. workouts, uh, all of the, the weightlifting, you um, the study halls, the long trips, uh, getting up, getting back from road trips in the middle of the night and then having to be at that eight o'clock class. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, those were requirements and only the strong survive. And, yeah. and so I was thankful that um, my parents and a group of the village took us in and helped us along that pathway. God, God gave us guardian angels along that pathway that when it did get tough, there was somebody there to grab us and That's say, so hey, good. you can do it. That's so good. So good. <clears throat> I guess I would say for me is um, I was instilled as a little boy uh, by my grandfather, never get outworked. Never lost somebody to outwork you. Yeah. And, and so that was a foundation that um, was instilled in me at a little, as a young kid. And, and so understanding that uh, I was never the biggest kid. I mean, I mean, I was, I weighed in my freshman year at USL at 154 pounds. The kicker was bigger than me. I weighed out five years later at 165. Uh, but one thing, you have to identify the gifts that you had. I realized that at an early age that God blessed me with the ability to run really fast, really fast. And also, I later on discovered it in, uh, in middle school and high school that I can run really fast backwards as well. So that was a good thing. And um, i never forget when I got to uh, USL and we're doing some defensive back drills and the coach asked me, why did you do that? Like, I grew up in the sticks. I grew up in a small town, Clinton, Louisiana, horse and buggy. I was like, I don't know, coach, you just feel comfortable. So that, that, re- that reminded me at then that God places something in you from the time that you concede, but what you do with it is entirely up to you. So for me, it was all about just working, all about realizing that I wanted something different from myself, realizing that I wanted to break the generational curse and some cycles that was on my family life and be different. Because as I stated, my grandfather was the one that was rearing me. Then my mom remarried. So I call my father is not my biological father. It's actually, uh, um, my, I don't say stepdad. That's, that's my dad because he's been in my life since I was nine years old. Yeah. So, and, and also just working hard, working hard. And, and so the best gift, again, goes back to my grandfather. You know, he said, uh, I had a lot of adverse conditions growing up. So a lot of things that Coach Antoine was talking about resonated with me because a lot of times people see me where I'm at and, and think that I grew up in a certain dynamic, but I didn't. I did not. Grew up with a teenage mom. I grew up with a, a father that was incarcerated in Angola. I grew up with uh, not really having a whole lot, uh, but I had love. And so as a result of that, that really instilled me in it. And I didn't realize how poor we were. I didn't. Uh, they did a great job of doing that. So I guess to your, to your point, uh, Pastor Gabe, it's just about, you know, seeing it, you know. And, and a simple phrase is this. In order to achieve something you never achieved before, you must first do something you've never done before. It's good, Tim. It's good. So good. So let me just say this. So my wife and I were talking last night, and she said, I wonder if Carol's going to be nervous. 
And I said, baby, Carol's used to standing in front of thousands of people all the time. She said, it was different when you're, you're speaking. This woman's not nervous. <laughs> it's not nervous at all. So let me ask you all this, though, because you've been not only on the side of competing and accomplishing great things, but you've also been on the side, like you talked about, of helping raise up other people to be able to do the same thing. What gave you that passion? What made you want to help young people accomplish some of those same things? And then what's that like on the ground helping develop somebody? Well, for me, I acknowledge that I was able to achieve the things that I achieved because of team, not be cliche or teamwork. Um, sports was the one avenue for me that allowed me to escape certain realities of life that I didn't really want to embrace. Uh, it allowed me, it didn't matter what color I was, it didn't matter what I have or didn't have it, it was what I can perform on that field and what could I can do and I could be loved for my gift, I can be loved for the talents that I brought to the table. And so uh, Coach Bulldog was my, one of my first coaches and Coach Charlie Young and I remember all my coaches and they made me, probably about 84, 85, they made me promise them, said whenever you achieve something in life, how you repay us and show us your gratitude is by doing it for the, some other kid. And, and so I was just paying it back. You know, uh, going back into education, my undergrad degree is in engineering. I worked as an engineer probably at the football for probably about five, five to six years. And when my oldest, our oldest was born, and when we moved back to Lake Charles, and uh, at the time she took the head coach job, it's like both of us can't work these 60-hour work weeks. Somebody has to be there for the kid. So I, I stepped back. And in support of her, because so many years she had been there supporting me along chasing my dream and my journey. Because growing up without your father is something that I made sure that I was guaranteed that my kids were never experienced. So, and so it made me to be able to look back and realize that there's so many other kids out there that were experiencing some of the same thing. You see, the, the one of the things that the problem with us as adults and, and a lot of times as Christians is that we get so heavenly bound we know earthly good. And what I mean by that, God delivers us through certain situations, circumstances that we experience, but we take it, we put it in a safe, and we lock it away, and we don't share our testimony. We don't share the struggles that we have faced. And I know growing up as a kid, I always heard the church folks telling me, Tim, do the right thing. Tim, do this. Tim, do that. And I was like, I want to fight. I, I mean, I want to curse. I want to do some bad stuff. And, but they never shared with me that they had some of those similar thoughts. So I always had some internal battles like something must be wrong with me. And, and so these kids out here dying on the vines. And we're complaining that they're dying, but what are we doing to, to give them life? It's our choice. We can sit around all day and complain about what these kids are doing and what they're not doing. But what are we doing? It's good. And so for me, I, I can't sit here and complain about it. I had to get off the sideline and get in the game. So for me, it's all about giving back, reaching back, and trying to hopefully inspire someone else. Because God is not a respect of a person. I checked off every box that said I should be a statistic. Every box. I've never had a pair of handcuffs on. I've never been in trouble with the law. So if I can do it, these kids can do it also. So you, you mentioned about um, giving back. Um, I knew the struggles that I had been in coming out of high school in an abusive relationship in high school, an, an, an unhealthy relationship in college, um, and why did I choose 
bad. I don't know. I look back on it now and I say, Lord, I, I met her after college. Yeah. She's not talking about me. <laughs> I met her after college. Just for clarity. Point of clarification. <laughs> Actually, when he came along, I was having the time of my life. I was single and traveling with my friends. And then God sent him, and I was like, where did you come from? <laughs> but I thank God. Oh, my God. I thank God every day. And things get crazy. But together, we're better together. And we know that no matter how hard things get in life, the two ships passing in the wind, um, the sometimes the the challenges of sometimes being two athletes that come together and um, you're seeing it and you bump in heads, but we come together and say that what is the purpose? We go back to the original purpose, not about me, not about you. It's that's about good. the family that's purpose. Uh, and so I say all of that. That's one thing that we wanted to um, not only share with our girls, but share, but me myself share with other young women uh, and young girls um, that you have to love yourself no matter what other people are telling you. You have to know who God has created you to be. There's destiny and purpose that's in you. Um, there are going to be a lot of people that when you are doing well and you are excelling, and I, tell, I shared this with my team, um, that are going to come at you because of jealousy. And that's just a human natural thing to not, you know, to be jealous of things and to possibly the devil comes in to uh, put things in front of you that might trick you or want to say, yeah, cheat on this test. And, uh, you know, just making you make, uh, you know, unwise choices. But it's not about you. It's about the team. And right now I'm telling our girls you know, when you're in the classes and you walk in the hallways, when you're out in public and you want, it's not about you. It's about the team that if you harm yourself or harm or do something that's damaging yes. to yourself, right now you're putting the team at risk. And as a team, we're trying to achieve getting back to the state tournament, not only just uh, getting there, but coming home with a state championship trophy, um, something that has never been done at the school. Uh, and so... You know, I share with, with them, not only that, we have to be sisters of each other. We have to be there for one another because this road is going to get rough and adversity is going to hit, you know. And so what happens? You can't be so weak or think that you're in this by yourself. You connect to another teammate. And I teach the girls about teammates. When somebody come to you in private, that's between you, them, and God. You have to be intentional and be and know that you're on assignment right now for each other. Um, so whatever she shares with you, it's not for you to go and gossip with nobody else. Whatever it stays in the locker room or is spoken about in the locker room stays in the locker room. Um, and then, of course, I share with them. I have two amazing assistant coaches that um, have built relationships with our with our girls. Uh, one young lady in particular battled with depression and battled with suicidal thoughts her her sophomore year because of different things that was going on in our family and our and so we become those mentors we become those counselors uh and the girls counsel each other uh I remember going up to Bree's room and it was in the middle of the night and I saw her lamp on I was like what are you doing and she mentioned she said such and such called me and I'm praying with her mom She's struggling right now. Wow. And so I didn't intercede as a coach. I wanted to, but that was the time for her to help this young lady. That's good. Um, you know, That's and so, so 
Wow. You know, again, it's just trying to train them up um, to be there for one another because I tell you, peer, peer groups and peer teaching is far more important than adult. Uh, I mean, it's the adult's relationship too, but they can help each other because they yeah. understand each other and they speak the same language. That's so good, Carol. Well, let me ask y'all one last question. Um, how can we pray for you? How can we support you guys moving forward? I know the state championship's coming up. I know you're a principal. There's always challenges with that. How can we pray? How can we support? Um, just prayer and love. Uh, and um, again, just if you know that there's a young person out there, um, try to teach these teenagers and these young people um, that it's not about them, just continuing to mentor our young people because there's not enough of young people mentoring young people, and that's part of the problem. There's more that's trying to pull away and reel them to this other side, and we have to teach our, our young people that you have to be soldiers for Christ and be willing to get in the trenches with them yeah. and be willing to stand alone and do right um, and be strong and convicted in what you believe in. Um, and not feel like I have to water down my gift and my talent to fit into a group. You don't have to do that. So good. I would just simply say, be authentic with people. Just stop being fake. I mean, honestly. I mean, I could try to sit here and put some type of biblical spin on it, but the world is crying out for people to be real. And they're looking. And they're looking not to be judged. And a lot of times we want to judge people and then we wonder why they don't come to the house of God. Are you making it a place where they feel welcome to come to the house of God? Because we are not just a representative of God's, uh, God's love here is when we get outside of here. What are, what are we doing? What, what, are, what are we doing? So for me, it's just to be prayed, pray for me because I tell everybody, don't trip. God not through me yet. I got under construction side of my forehead. I, I do, because sometimes I deal with a lot of stuff and people are talking to you crazy and you want to sit there and just bite your tongue and just pray and knees shake, light your candle, listen to some music. Uh-uh, you do. But realize that if someone is struggling in some areas of their life, whether it's me, my wife, uh, just pray for them. Don't judge them. Go to them and ask them, how can I help you? Or if you don't have that type of relationship with them, then maybe just intercede for them. Just ask God to say, hey, I see my sister right here. I see my brother right here struggling with something. I don't know what it is, but I'm just going to stand in the gap for them. Instead of always all that talking, talking and bothering, that, that, that's, that's not going to be anything productive. So I'll just say, just, just pray and love each other. And, and for me, uh, just pray also to this COVID stuff uh, in. Uh, it, it's a nightmare, you know. I, I didn't have any gray hair before I moved here. And now uh, I got gray hair. So, but just continue to pray for me and my family. Um, I know for my wife, we're not perfect. Our relationship is not perfect. But we love each other even in our imperfections. And, and so being there and never lose sight of that. And pray for our girls, you know. Our girls get ready to move off. Cameron's going to be leaving 1st of May. Bree's going to be more, moving more than likely during the summer, June or July. So it's going to be different in our household, you know, different in our household. But we train them and God has them and we have a sense of peace. So just continue to pray and support each other. Love it. Come on. Thank you, guys. Y'all stand up. We're going to pray for you as well.
Let's stretch our hands towards them. Father, we thank you for the Sinsley family, God. We thank you for how you've blessed them. God, thank you for the gift that they are, Lord, to us personally, to the body of Christ, our church, but Lord, also to those kids, God, at Highland Baptist. Lord, I pray that you would continue to use their influence, not only in the athletic and academic, God, but just like they're saying, in, their, in those kids' lives. God, I pray they would be a representation of you to those kids, God. And I pray that they would have incredible victory, God, and great success this year. I pray, God, we're asking for them to win that state championship. Lord, we're asking for that. We also pray, God, for their hearts as empty nesters. Lord, surround them all the more with this team as they enter into this next journey, this next step in their journey. Lord, we bless them in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on. Love you guys. Love you all so much. Thank you. You're welcome. You can have a seat. We're going to close here in the moment, but I want to read the scripture to you one more time in light of everything that we, we just talked about. Ecclesiastes chapter four, verse nine. It says this, thank you, sir. Two people are better off than one for they can help each other succeed. If one person fails, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm, but how can one be warm alone? A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but the two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are better than one for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. Do you have people in your life, a team of people in your life that surround you that you can celebrate with when you need to celebrate. You have a team of people in your life that can be there whenever hard times come because look up here, don't miss this. Hard times will come. And you're gonna either fall back on the relationships that you have or you're going to grieve the relationships that you never built. Do you have those people in your life? Do you have the people in your life that will challenge you to be better? As I sit back and I listen to these incredible people talk about these young people, what they didn't tell you is when they had to get in their face and challenge them because they didn't want to go past their comfort zone. But that happened as well. Do we have that? We talk about this. I'm talking about this in the context of a team. But I want you to, to know what I just, what I said before, Christianity is a team sport. We need each other. And as you come to church, you can miss it and just say, I attended, or you can reap the benefits of being a part of a family and being a part of a team and getting to know one another, building relationships with one another, letting the relationship go from a shallow Sunday morning attendance to I'm walking with you. You're in my life. I'm in your life. You're in my business and I'm in yours. And guess what? We like it that way. I had someone just this week get in my business and guess what? I needed it. And I've got into, I got into a few other people's business this week and guess what? They needed it. That's what families do. That's what teams do. And this is what we're called to. So I want to pray for you today as we close out and go outside, meet someone that you don't know, connect with one of our freedom group leaders. Some of you, if you need to start serving and coming, being a part of our church, get a, become a part of that team, our serve team. We have the information on the screen where you can sign up 
text the number on the screen that we're going to put up before we close out and just join one of our teams and get to know somebody. Connect with them because this is a team sport. Father, I thank you for every person that's in the building today. And I pray they would go beyond, Father, being people who are in the building and they would become a part of the team. They would become a part of the family of God and what you're doing and what you're accomplishing, God, through this church. I pray give us eyes to see what we don't see. And I pray, Lord, that the very thing that we've been praying for and asking for, I pray you would reveal that in the people that are sitting next to them. That breakthrough that they need may be sitting next to them. That help in their marriage may be sitting next to them. That job opportunity may be sitting next to them. And I pray you would reveal that through the body of Christ, feeding and serving and helping one another. If you're here today with your eyes closed and your heads bowed, if you say, Pastor Gabe, I'm coming to church, I'm here, but I don't have a relationship with Jesus. And at the risk of of sounding a bit cheesy, every team has a leader. Our leader died on the cross for us and sacrificed so that we can have a new life and a new relationship with him. I wanna ask you the most important question you've ever been asked in your life, are you born again? Not do you attend church, not were you baptized as a kid, not were you christened, are you born again? A religious leader once asked Jesus, what do I have to do? Jesus said, you can't enter the kingdom of heaven unless you're first born again. Pastor, how do I do that? It's as simple as ABC. And the reason I can say it's simple is because Jesus took on the complexity of this relationship. Jesus did the hard part when he died on the cross so that you could be forgiven of your sin and make him the Lord of your life. A, you admit. Admit what? That there's sin in your life that separates you from a holy God. Whether that's something you did this morning or something you did 10 years ago, he paid the price for it. B, you believe. Believe what? That Jesus died on that cross for that sin so that it could be forgiven and washed away. And C, you confess. Confess that he is now Lord of your life. That from this moment, you're not praying a prayer for fire insurance. You're giving him your life. You're giving him control of your life and making him Lord. That's what you're confessing. Jesus, you died on the cross. You rose again from the dead. You are Lord of all, and now you are Lord of my life. So with no one looking around, if that's you on the count of three, I'm going to ask you to just lift up your hand. And if you say, Pastor, that's me, and you lift that hand up, I want to lead you in a prayer. And it's not nothing magical about the prayer. Nothing special inherent to this prayer. But it's words that are basically saying, God, I surrender. Come and be my Lord. And with that heart, the Holy Spirit is going to meet you right where you're at. And Jesus is going to become Lord of your life. One, two, no one looking around, just you and Jesus. Three, that's you, lift it up. If you say, Pastor, that's me, thank you. Anyone else say, this is your moment. I want to be born again. I want to meet Jesus. I want him to be the Lord of my life. Thank you. I see your hand as well. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you, sir. I see your hand. Anyone else? Say, this is my moment. I want Jesus to be my everything. You can put him down. Church, let's pray this prayer out loud together. Say these words with me. Say, dear Lord Jesus, I believe 
you are the son of God. I believe on the cross, you died for my sin, for my guilt, and for my shame. I believe you faced hell for me so I would not have to go. And you rose again from the dead to give me a place in heaven, a purpose on earth, and a relationship with the Father. I turn away from my sin. I repent of it. And I choose to follow you. And from this moment on, God, you're my Father. Jesus, you're my Savior. Holy Spirit, you're my helper. And heaven is now my home. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, church, let's celebrate with everybody that just prayed that prayer.